Researchers from the University of Minnesota published new data this week showing that patients who received kidney transplants from donors who tested positive for COVID-19 or had a prior infection fared well. This is Pulse Check. I'm Katherine Ellen Foley. President Joe Biden plans to appoint former North Carolina Health Secretary Mandy Cohen as the next director of the CDC, three people with knowledge of the matter have told Politico. Cohen, an Obama-era health official, would replace outgoing CDC chief Rochelle Walensky, who's slated to leave the agency at the end of the month. Biden is expected to formally announce Cohen's selection later this month, and the White House has declined to comment. Cohen's appointment would come at a point of transition for the CDC, which faced intense scrutiny over its performance throughout the COVID crisis and low morale within the sprawling agency. The Department of Health and Human Services is considering working with a for-profit company as it searches for a new coordinator for its health data sharing initiative called the Trusted Exchange Framework and Common Agreement. Currently, the nonprofit group The Sequoia Project is running the project, but its contract is expiring. HHS's Office of the National Coordinator for Health Information Technology is currently rebidding the contract. And amid the Medicaid unwinding and the potential loss of coverage for millions of Americans, hospitals and clinics are engaging in an effort to keep eligible Medicaid patients enrolled. Daniel Payne is here to explain. Hey, Catherine, thanks for having me. So you reported that hospitals and clinics are involved in the effort to keep Medicaid patients enrolled. What's driving this push? Can you give us some context here? So to really understand this, we have to go back to the pandemic when states were not allowed to have Medicaid redetermination. So deciding whether someone was no longer eligible to be covered under Medicaid. And that has ended in April. So states are now starting this process of deciding who is or isn't eligible anymore. And it's led to a lot of people losing coverage. About half a million have already lost coverage. And some estimates say that upwards of 15, 16, 17 million could be taken off the rolls in the coming months. So clinics and hospitals and health providers of all types are worried that patients are going to have their care interrupted. And they're also worried that their reimbursement, how they get paid, is going to be interrupted as patients lose coverage. So what are some of the things that providers can do to try to keep patients on Medicaid? A lot of this is just about education. So they're reaching out to tons of patients. There was one health system in Los Angeles that is reaching out to tens of thousands of patients, something like 65 or 75,000 people, whether that's through emails, letters, texts, phone calls. Others are trying to change how they do check-in and check-out procedures. So they're trying to capture patients as they come in or leave. So anyone who gets a service that's still eligible will be reminded to try to re-enroll to make sure that you're up to date on coverage. A lot of it is about trying to help patients understand the system as it stands right now, where we are in this process, and how they can stay covered. I mean, we know that clinicians' time is super precious, and if they're going above and beyond their jobs to try to help keep patients on Medicaid, how is that impacting patient care? So it really depends. I've talked to some doctors who said that they're already seeing some care interrupted. And that's particularly harmful when people are dealing with chronic conditions, say diabetes treatment that's going on for years and years, and progress has been made. And if someone loses coverage or finds that their care is no longer affordable, a lot of that progress may be lost very quickly because they aren't getting the care that they're used to getting. So that's a major concern. And of course, a lot of these hospitals and clinics that have a large Medicaid population are already 
getting lower reimbursements than, say, a hospital or clinic that's getting a lot of commercial payments through commercial insurers. So they're already doing more with less, is what they would say. So it potentially could disproportionately impact these clinics and hospitals that are already dealing with smaller margins than average. And I'm wondering if there's a difference between how some of these smaller hospitals are responding and then how some of the larger hospitals are responding. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think depending on how many Medicaid patients a certain system has is going to determine how they react to this. Really small clinics. There was one in Alaska. I spoke to a doctor there who said they took one of their 20 people and just set aside a lot of that person's time to deal with this until they reach everyone and try to work through this issue. Other hospitals, big systems in Tennessee, for instance, are taking new materials and putting it in front of patients, trying trying to figure out how to sort of reach patients at a massive scale. Well, thank you so much for your reporting on this, Daniel, and for tuning in with us today. Thanks for having me, Catherine. And before you go, I wanted to let you know about Politico's upcoming healthcare summit on June 7th. Hear from White House COVID-19 Response Coordinator Ashish Jha, Office of National Drug Control Policy Director Rahul Gupta, and more. We'll discuss the innovations transforming healthcare in America. You can learn more and register for in-person or remote attendance by visiting www.politico.com slash healthcare summit. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Amund is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. 